in the year 2011, I remember during Christmas, we talked about some of the biblical characters at the context of Christmas. We talked about Elizabeth, we talked about Mary, and we talked about Joseph. And during last year, we talked about some of the miracles of Christmas. We talked about a divine protection that came upon baby Jesus. The appearance of the star, the appearance of the angelic host, and a divine announcement concerning the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. Everything was miraculous. Everything happened was supernatural. And starting today, I believe next three weeks, we are going to talk about some other Christmas characters whom we seldom talk about. You know, they are almost like the forgotten characters of Christmas. They appear to be the Old Testament characters, even though they lived in the New Testament time. They are Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna. Luke, in fact, Luke is the only author who accounts Simeon and Anna. In fact, we are told very little about this man, <coughs> Simeon. We do not know which tribe he belongs to. We know nothing about his family, whether he was married or he had children. There is no information about him. And we are told nothing about his occupation, what he was exactly doing when he was living on this earth. Because it doesn't really appear in any of the scriptures. <clears throat> he was not a priest, most probably, because what of God says, he was directed by the Holy Spirit into the temple of God. So he was not like an ordinary priest. They go into the temple every day, go in and out. The only thing we are told about Simeon, are those things really matter to God? Things which pertain to his faith, his character, his relationship with God. The revelation, kind of revelation he received concerning his future. And a kind of revelation that he got about Christ Jesus. And also the things that he could foretell concerning the life of Mary and about Jesus Christ. You know, these are the few very important things the scripture is recording. And it doesn't really record anything else other than these. The second chapter of Luke records two different ceremonies that, was, that is going on, performed according to the Levitical laws. And these two were done for Christ Jesus, the baby Jesus. One obviously was the circumcision. And along with the naming ceremony that was going on at the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, at the time of his birth. And the other one was presenting the baby Jesus at the temple along with the sacrifices offered according to the Old Testament law. That's what exactly we read um, in the book of uh, the Gospel according to Luke. So let's turn our Bibles to Gospel according to Luke chapter 2. We are going to read a couple of scriptures there. Luke chapter 2 verses 21 to 35. Luke chapter, 20, Luke chapter 2 verse 21. And when the eight days were, accompli were completed, 
for the circumcision of the child. His name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25, and behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was just and devout without waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up him, he took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Verse 35. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You know, this, this is what the scripture accounts about Simeon. So we are going to talk about five important matters concerning Simeon over here. Number one. Scripture records Simeon's testimony. Simeon had a testimony. That's what we see, we read in verse 25. The second thing is about Simeon's revelation about himself. Scripture accounts that in verse 26. And the third one is about Simeon was led by the Spirit of God. Verse 27 talks about it. And the fourth one is Simeon's revelation of Christ Jesus. And the fifth one, Simeon's prophetic utterance considering, concerning baby Jesus as well as Mother Mary. You know, these are the key things we are going to talk about. And I don't think I can accomplish, I can, you know, take you through all these five. Probably we'll try to address the initial three today. Let's turn to chapter, sorry, verse chapter 2, as we are in chapter 2, verse 25. Let's read the 25 again. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, or righteous, and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Word of God talks about Simeon being righteous, or Simeon was just. Who was the author? He is writing this gospel. Luke was the author. You know, if you remember, Luke was a Greek physician. Colossians chapter 4 verse 14 talks about it. Luke was a Greek physician. 
Now here Luke is writing about Simeon and he's saying he was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. You know, it is not very easy to get a testimony or a, to, a doctor to testify about someone today. You know, doctors are very hesitant to write or sign today. Right? Because unless they are very sure about a diagnosis, they are not going to tell anything about it until they make it very sure. They are not going to sign the paper. Now here we see Luke the doctor, he is telling about Simeon and he is giving a testimony or he is witnessing about Simeon and he is saying Simeon was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. So Luke's testimony tells us Simeon was an elderly man obviously and he was living in a righteous, in, in such a time as this and he was living a righteous life you know I, I was thinking about this fact that he is Simeon being righteous it is easy for us to live godly maybe for a few days it is easy for us today to live godly maybe for a few months but it takes real courage it takes real sacrifice it real takes real dedication and commitment and <laughs> zeal to leave God for such a long years maybe 70 80 long years he would have lived in righteousness that's the reason word of God accounts him and saying that Simeon was living a righteous living Word of God says, Jesus said in fact in Matthew chapter 24 verse 13, he says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures till the end shall be saved. Simeon was a man who was an elderly man who was living in his righteousness. You know today it is very easy to accept Christ Jesus as our savior. But it is not as one day affair. It is not just an affair that we, the, we, we feel everything good about it. The moment we accept Jesus Christ. We are going to live, continue to live in the world we have been living. Before even we accepted Jesus Christ. We are going to deal with the people, the same people we are dealing with. We need to deal with our family. We need to deal with our church. We need to deal with, deal with our community. It is not an easy thing. And God says, those who endure till the end will be saved. Even though we are saved on one day, word of God encourages us to continue our salvation. Continue our salvation. And who will be saved? Those who stand faithful, like Simeon, righteous and justified, they are the one who will be saved. In Philippians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 12 says, Paul writes, in fact, he says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. And he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does it mean, work out, working out our own salvation? How do we work out every day morning? If somebody who decides to do work out, you do it every day. You do it systematically. You do it you know, the, the, the planned way. You just keep the time aside and you are gone. You are not available for the rest of the people. When you do re really work it out, work out, you don't really attend phone calls at that time. You do it systematically. You know, God is asking us to work out our salvation every day, daily, daily. Those who work out, those who continue to live righteous until the end will be saved. You know, today we are so blessed to hear the reports coming from the different fields saying that there are 
thousands and thousands of people are giving their lives to Jesus. Now the question is, how many of them will continue to live, remain godly? How many of them will continue to serve God until their end? Because the salvation is something that we need to work out every day. We need to work out every day. You know, if, if I'm not ready today, even though I was saved, if I'm not ready, if I face death today, or if the Lord comes back, if I'm not ready at this moment, it is true that I got saved at some point of time. But if I'm not ready, if I'm living in sin today, Day, I cannot go to heaven heaven is not guaranteed even though we are saved one day word of God says we need to work out our salvation every day every moment every minute I need to be in communication with God I need to set things right in front of God I need to live a righteous life every day in my life that's what the, this word of God teaches me if someone is telling us today that once you give your life saying that you come forward and you know say this prayer of sinners if somebody says that it is all enough that's wrong. That's wrong. That's a wrong teaching. That's a wrong doctrine. Word of God says it is not enough. You know, that's the day probably you start your life in Christ. And that life continues until we live on this earth. Every minute, every moment, God wants us to make that we are righteous in front of Him. This man was a righteous man. If a doctor takes his degree and he sits at home, and think about if he doesn't practice. He may be called a doctor because of his name. But a doctor who doesn't really practice, it's, it's not a good doctor. Nobody would like to go to him. A lawyer who is not practicing, probably when he's, he's standing at the court, he doesn't have anything to say because he is not practicing his law. A doctor, he's not practicing his medicine. Now someone walks into his clinic, he doesn't know what to do with him. Because he doesn't practice. Our salvation needs to be practiced. You know, that's how we can work out our salvation. It has to be practiced. When we are tempted, when we are tempted, when we are in difficult situation, what do we do? How do we respond to that situation? We may fall, come back to the Lord and ask him sorry about it. We may fall multiple times, but again get up and walk and tell him, Lord, I feel sorry about it. I messed it up Lord I know about it just forgive me Lord keep that communication going ongoing keep that communication ongoing it doesn't matter you mess it up and come back and tell the Lord Lord I feel sorry about it Lord our Lord is gracious but until you open your mouth and tell him Lord I feel sorry you cannot realize we cannot realize his grace the moment we tell him Lord I feel sorry about it he is so gracious you know today when you go and tell someone I, I, I messed it up I just you know behaved in the wrong way I am really sorry about it he or she may tell you okay that's okay that doesn't matter but then that doesn't fade away from their mind they keep that in, your, in their mind probably when they look at you again the next time it's going to come again in their mind and it, I don't know when that's going to go away it may remain for a long time in their mind unless they pour it out at the feet of God and ask God's forgiveness and ask God to wipe away but you know what the Bible says about our God the moment you come to him and tell him Lord I feel sorry about it God even not only forgives he even forgets our sins he doesn't even remember those things in our life what happened the kind of life we lived he doesn't even remember our God is such a gracious God and today God is telling us that God expects us to live righteously until the end of our lives on this earth.
how do we practice our salvation? I think I'm going to finish my sermon here. How do we practice our salvation today? How do we, how we practice our salvation? We got saved on one point of time in our lives. How we got saved? We are sorry. We are sorry for the sins that we have committed in our lives. We ask God to forgive our sins. We confessed our sins. And we asked him to cleanse our lives with his precious blood. And we repented from our sinful ways. As we invited Lord Jesus to come and dwell in our lives. And we made him as our Lord and Savior. And we declared that Jesus Christ came to this world and he died at the cross and he rose from the dead and he's going to come back to one day to take me home. We did all this. But what of God says, the race has to be run continually, every day. It was not just a one day affair. God wants us to run that race continually until the end you know, think about many people who started with us. They are not running today with us. Unfortunately, they have decided to quit God. They have decided to walk away from God. They are no more running with us today. It is the grace of God today that you and I are still in the love of God. It is the grace of God today that we are able to serve God. We are able to kneel down and pray. And we have a faith, we have a trust that God is answering my prayer. You know, it is a privilege that you and I have with God as we live on this earth. And as we are, we are talking about Simeon, he was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. He lived a life that pleased God. <clears throat> we are talking about the righteousness of Simeon. As we talk about salvation, this is what word of God teaches us about salvation. If you ask me, these are some of the steps of salvation. If any of these elements are missing in our salvation, it is not a salvation according to the word of God. Word of God tells us how we can be saved. How one can be saved. One can be saved when the moment he feels sorry for his sins or her sins. You know, some of us may have a question. Feeling sorry, is it part of salvation? Word of God says all that you need to do is we need to believe in Christ Jesus and declare that he was dead and he has risen from the dead and he is alive today. That's not just all about salvation. Salvation starts in someone's life the moment he or she feels sorry about his or her past life. You know, today I just want you to think about the time we got saved. Did we go through all the steps in our lives when we got saved? Did we tell the Lord, Lord I feel sorry about my sinful living on this world. Lord forgive me Lord, save me Lord. Feeling sorry for our sins is part of salvation. If you don't feel sorry about it, if you don't really cry to God, feeling sorry about it, feeling guilty about it, our salvation is superficial. It's not going to stay. It's not going to stay. 
one has to feel sorry about for his sins the second step is word of god talks about confessing our sins if we confess our sins he is faithful to forgive us from all our sins word of god talks about confessing our sins to god to jesus and tell him lord jesus i made such a such a things in my life i feel sorry about it lord i ask for your forgiveness one by one all that we remember in our lives we need to take it to the presence of god and tell him lord i feel sorry about it i spoke bad about somebody lord i did something evil on that day lord which i did it is not right according to my conscience i'm trying to work it out uh, over my conscience but i i know that it was not right i feel sorry about it at times even god will help us he will prompt us even to go to that person and ask sorry I have done that when God touched me I felt that something which I have done against somebody it was not proper then I had to call them and ask for forgiveness it's not enough even if you ask forgiveness of God at times we need to ask even the forgiveness of people we need to ask Jesus to cleanse us by his precious blood ask Jesus to wash our sins that's what the word of god says the precious blood of jesus christ cleanses us from all our sins you know if our sins are not washed there is no salvation we are not rescued salvation means rescuing redemption deliverance or escaping from sins or escaping from hell that's what salvation means god wants us to be cleansed and washed by his precious blood and we need to repent from our past salvation is a process we need to repent from our past how do we repent we need to say i'm going to say goodbye to my past because i'm going to move forward i'm going to continue to live god it is a decision that we make within our hearts and we say some of those past things we are able to say no and we tell no for such such and such things in our lives and we need to repent repent is turning 180 degree turning away from our past living and we need to invite lord jesus christ into our lives and as we invite him lord jesus christ is going to come into our life that's what word of god says i'm standing at the door and knocking at the door if anyone who hears me and opens my door opens the door i will enter into him and we need to invite lord jesus christ into our lives once we invite him into our lives we are going to call him lord jesus that means we are going to give him the lordship the authority over our lives and then finally what happens we need to confess we confess saying that i know i believe that jesus christ died for my sin i believe that he rose from the dead and i believe that he is going to come back to take me home you know once you do all those things in our lives what of god says we are saved and how it happens not because of we are saying it it happens by faith it happens by faith and because of the by the grace of god and this man simeon he was a righteous man and secondly word of god talks about himself about he he was a devout man he was a devout man what kind of man he was word of god says he was a devout man devout man is a person who shows deep respect for the religious system for the religious laws he so deeply committed himself for the religion for the sake of Christ Jesus the one who strictly follows the religious laws Simeon was a man who follows the laws very strictly he was a devout man 
You know, we are living in the time where churches are compromising with the world. Churches are compromising their faith, their system with the world. It is important that we need to obey the laws. It is important that we need to follow the Ten Commandments. We cannot afford to take the Ten Commandments out of the church today, out of the schools today, out of our society today. You know, what of God says, within one of the commandments, for example, it says, do not murder, do not commit murder. What happens if you take out that from the commitment, from the commandment of God? It will not survive. Church will not survive. The society will not survive. We need all the laws to be followed strictly. You know, that's where we that's why we come to church. That way, that's why we become we try to become disciplined. We try to discipline ourselves because we want to be devotees of God, of Jesus Christ. You know, we follow a kind of covenant relationship with our Lord. We follow a kind of covenant relationship with the Lord. We made covenant with God saying that Lord, I will do all these things. And the same way Lord has committed and he's saying that I will do all these things. And we know that covenant relationship, we talked about that, we covenant relationship is not bound. It's not bound. It's not, it, it's, it's happening because of the mutual trust. But whereas you sign a contract because you don't trust each other. That's the reason we sign a contract. But covenant relationship comes because you trust each other. That's where the, you get into a covenant relationship. The kind of relationship that we got into our with God is a covenant relationship. And God is a covenant keeping God. And he expects us to keep the covenants that we made with God. We made with God. Simeon was a devout man. God expects us to follow certain practices strictly. Starting Start following certain practices strictly in our lives. You know, there is a reason for which scripture talks about it. And God wants us to follow those areas in our lives. Thirdly, we talk about this man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You know, it is believed that some point of time, Simeon was reading the prophecy spoken by Isaiah. And the prophecy says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I mean, it may be a story. Simeon probably couldn't believe it. Now, the angel of the Lord appeared in front of Simeon, or he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the voice said, you will not see death before you see the Christ. You will not die before you see Christ Jesus. Because he couldn't believe it. And God said, you are going to live for such a long time in your life. So that you will see Christ Jesus. You know, what of God says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I believe the burden for his people was so heavy in the life of Simeon. Burden for his own people. You know, people who lived in those times, even when Jesus Christ was born, they couldn't accept him as the Messiah. But this man of God, he could carry baby Jesus in his hands and he's talking about, he's prophesying over son Jesus. He couldn't, he there are many people living in his age. They couldn't believe the Messiah. Simeon was having such a burden in his heart. Simeon would have found Israel so weary and tired. 
And they were all kind of scattered. They were like sheep having no shepherd. Simeon would have observed this. Simeon knew that very well. The whole generation was in need of a comforter. A counselor. And someone who can counsel people. Someone who can comfort people. Someone who can deliver them from their bondages. And word of God says. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was patiently waiting. Knowing that some point of time. God is going to bring. Deliver his son Jesus to this world. And he is going to bring deliverance to this generation. He was waiting for the consolation of God to appear. You know today the question I was trying to ask me. What am I waiting for today? What am I waiting for today? Is it my desire someone might receive that consolation today in his life? Is it my desire today that someone else will receive that comfort in their lives today? It was a, you know, it was a desire of Simeon. Let, their, let, let Jesus Christ come back to this world. So that he will bring consolation to those who are living without comfort. Those who are living in need. Simeon's desire was nothing selfish. It was all about others. He was waiting for Jesus, baby Jesus to appear so that he can put his head down. You know, that's what was his desire. And today, what is the burden that we carry in our lives? Is it the burden about ourselves or it is about someone who is in need of that consolation today? And finally we see that their Holy Spirit was upon him. Holy Spirit was upon him. You know, it was not a testimony by himself saying that Holy Spirit is upon me. It was a testimony by Luke the doctor and he's saying that he looked at that man Simeon for a short while and he realized the Spirit of God is upon him. You know, the question I need to ask, whether people realize, look at me and realize and tell and testify about me today, the Spirit of God is upon this man. You know, God is looking for such people today in his kingdom. God wants people to look at somebody and tell the Spirit of God is upon this man. He is a man of God. Here we see a testimony by Luke saying that the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit was upon him. We know in the Old Testament, Spirit of God came upon Simeon. Spirit of God came upon Gideon. Spirit of God came upon David. Spirit of God came upon Ezra, Zechariah. And even Spirit of the Lord came upon Lord Jesus Christ. But now here Luke is looking at Simeon and telling him, I see the Spirit of God in his life. I see Spirit of God upon him. I don't know what he saw, whether he saw a halo over his head or he saw the way he was moving, the way he was behaving, the way he was thinking, the way he was bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit. Somehow he realized the Spirit of God was upon this man. You know, today that's what people are looking at us in our lives. They are trying to see whether this man is godly man, whether this woman is a godly woman. I believe... Simeon who demonstrate who could demonstrate the spirit of God living in his life the question is can people testify about you and me today that the spirit of God is upon us Simeon was a righteous man he was a devout man he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and we finally saw spirit of God was upon Simeon and this morning I believe Simeon gives us a good testimony. Simeon behaves himself as a model for us to follow. These are the four things which are essential, which are very important. 
that Luke could testify about Simeon in his life. Simeon was the righteous man. It's not that he gave his life one day to Jesus Christ and now he's gone somewhere and he's living his own life. That's nothing to do with God. It was not the testimony. It was a testimony about Simeon saying that he was a righteous man and he continued to live as a righteous man. And he was a devout man. Not that whatever he's comfortable with he was willing to follow and whatever he's not comfortable he was not willing to follow. It was not like that. He was a righteous man. He was a devout man. He was fully committed to the word of God. To fully committed to obey the laws. The Levitical laws. And thirdly we saw. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He knew the need of the society today. And God is asking us. Do we know what's going on outside? What is the need of people living around us? And God wants to use us as a comfort. As a consolation to those who are living today outside. And finally we saw the spirit of God was upon Simeon. You know that's what people are expecting in our lives today. They want to see the power of God in our lives. They want to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. They want to see godliness in our lives. That's what the society is looking for today. And I believe Simeon is a good example to follow. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes. This morning God has spoken to us. God spoke to us. Especially the kind of salvation that we have today. The questions that are coming towards me and you from this portion of the scripture are the following first of all God is asking us are you saved did you do all these things that did you feel felt sorry for your sins at some point of time in your life did you confess all the sins did you cry out to God and ask him to wash you with your with his precious blood did you call upon the name of the Lord and tell him Lord Jesus come into my heart I want to give my heart to you I want to live godly from this day onwards and I give complete control to you Lord from this day onwards you are going to take control over my life it's no more I you live in me Lord did we say that any time in our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ did we confess did we believe from the bottom of our heart that Jesus Christ came to this world to die on the cross even like a sinner like me do we believe that to the, from the bottom of our heart this morning do you believe that the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ that he rose from the dead for me and you do you believe that the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ one day he is going to come back to take us home you know that's the reason we say we have a blessed life on this world today if you look at your life and you say that what kind of life I have on this earth I hate my life if you say that I can tell you 100% you don't trust in God you don't trust in the salvation that God is offering to you you don't trust in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ you don't trust in the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ that's the reason you are able to curse yourself today and you say to yourself saying that I curse the day in which I was born it would have been better if I would not have been born in this world. You are saying that because you don't trust in the, in, the, in the word of God. And you don't trust who our God is. If you trust in God, you will never say that. All that you will say, I know. One day, like Job said, 
like Job said, one day I am going to see him with my own eyes. One day I am going to see him with my own eyes. How many of you are able to say that today with me? How many of you are able to say that today? I am going to see my Savior one day with my own eyes. If you say that, if you believe what you are saying, you will never feel sorry for your life on this earth. You will be always encouraged. You will be always giving given courage. You will always feel happy about it. Every minute, every moment I live on this earth, it is a blessing, Lord. Once I come back to you, I will see you face to face. That was the cry of the heart of Simeon. Until I see my Savior in my life, I will not die. I will not die. I will not die. Is that your cry? Until I save, until I see my salvation, until I become perfect, I will not die. Until I see the salvation of my children, I will not die. Nothing will happen to me. No man or no power of darkness can take me out of the face of this earth until this happens in my life. Do you have the courage to say? Do you have the trust to say? Today morning God is asking you some of the words which we speak because we don't trust in God. Because we don't trust in God. He's a God who brought you thus far and he will continue to help you out. And this morning God is telling you God wants you to trust in him. He wants you to give complete control to him. Let him rule over your life. And just tell him, Lord, I belong to you, Lord. Come and rule over my life. If any of us have not done that prayer in our lives, now is the time to make that prayer. And ask God, Lord, forgive my sins, Lord. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Give me that assurance in my heart. Give me that hope in my heart. That one day I will see you face to face. Lord God, I don't want to live on this earth, Lord, like an ungodly. Like an ungodly. I want to be godly. Having hope and trust in you. Knowing that I am going to see you face to face. This morning, just give our life to Jesus. Let's not worry about anything else. Just give your life to Jesus and tell him, Lord, give me that assurance. Some of us here lack that assurance today. God is showing me. Some of us here lack that assurance because we don't have that comfort in our heart We lack because we lack that assurance in our lives. That we are going to see my Savior face to face. This morning, just tell him and give your life to him. He will take care of you. He will guide you and He will lead you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for those hearts turning back to you. I thank you for those hearts turning back to you this morning. I thank you for those hearts, Lord, telling you, I realized that, that emptiness in my heart. Jesus, I need you today. I need you today. I need you today to leave tomorrow. I need you today to see my future. Lord, I need you today to get into my eternity, Lord God, along with you. This morning, come to his saving grace. His arms are wide open. He loves you. Loving, precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We thank you for dealing with us, Lord. This morning, Father, 
those hearts which are turned to you. I pray that you would comfort them. You would give them strength. You would give them new hope. Lord, let those words, Lord, become words of faith and words of courage, words of joy, words of encouragement, not discouragement, O oh God. Hallelujah. This morning I pray that, O oh Father God, fill every one of us with such a spirit, Lord. I pray that you would take away the spirit of heaviness, Lord, from our hearts this morning. I pray that, Lord God, you would set the spirit of light and spirit of love and spirit of joy and spirit of comfort this morning, O oh Father God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you would set our hearts and minds free this morning, O oh Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Send your children with your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.